0: The hour before dawn was always the quietest. Criminals had retired for the night, and most decent citizens were not yet up to crash their cars, start fires, get into squabbles, have heart attacks or find other ways to create havoc. This was the time for police officers to take a break, catch up on report writing or stop for coffee and early breakfasts. The city of Durham, North Carolina, was just beginning to stir to a new work week on this Monday morning. High-intensity lights still cast an orange glow over nearly deserted downtown streets. The sweet, pungent aroma that always hovered in the air of the second-biggest cigarette-making city in a tobacco state was even stronger than usual this morning, held close to the ground by low-lying clouds. Dawn would come gray and damp, unusually warm for a day so deep in winter. In the basement of the Durham Police Department headquarters, the five dispatchers who received all of Durham County's emergency calls had no hint of the weather outside. Isolated in the glass-enclosed radio room, they were nearing the end of their 12-hour shift, wondering if 6.30 would ever come. The Radio traffic had all but died, and there had been no telephone calls for more than an hour the dispatchers were beginning to unwind. Normally they would have been chatting about the events of the night, but this had been a quieter night than usual, leaving them nothing to discuss. To fill the void, Terry Russell started to tell a joke he'd heard the day before. He was interrupted by a light that began flashing on every console, accompanied by the irritating buzz of the 911 emergency line. Barbara Parson was first to reach to stop the noise by punching the flashing button. Durham County Nine Eleven. she said. Can you send an ambulance to 2833 Fox Drive? asked a frightened and plaintive voice so high-pitched that Parson thought she was talking to a young girl. What's the problem? she asked, reaching for an ambulance dispatch card. She could tell that the child was terribly upset and as a mother she felt the little clutch at her throat that always arose when a child in trouble called. My father had a gun and it went off. Where is he shot, ma'am? Parson asked, at the same time inserting the card into the time clock that recorded the date and time of the call. February 1, 1988, 6.08 a.m. I'm not sure, but just do it, please. Is he conscious? Parson pressed. She had to have information for the emergency medical technicians so that they would know what to expect. It could mean the difference between life and death. I don't know. My mom told me to call. Durham County had not yet turned to computers for its dispatch room. And as Parson had been talking into her headset, she was wheeling her chair toward one of the two big circular files in the center of the room, The files contained the locations of every street and road in the county. She quickly thumbed up Fox Drive only to discover that there were two in the county. And she had to question the child about nearby streets so the emergency vehicles wouldn't go to the wrong location. Turning to another console, she activated electronic tones alerting the Lebanon Volunteer Fire Department and Durham County Hospital Ambulance Service to an emergency. Before she hung up, Her motherly concern caused her to ask one more question of the child. Are you all right? Yes, said the child. Just hurry. Parson disconnected the line and called the Durham County Sheriff's Dispatch Room just a block away in the courthouse to tell them about the shooting in one of Durham's most prosperous northern suburbs. A shrill, piercing beep stirred Doug Griffin from sleep. He reached instinctively for the pager in its bedside charger to keep it from waking his wife and two children. An architect, Griffin felt a strong duty to community. That was why he had joined the Lebanon Volunteer Fire Department four years earlier and become a first responder. First responders were trained in basic emergency medical care. Scattered throughout the county, they could reach victims long before an ambulance arrived, giving first aid that greatly increased chances for survival. Helping to save lives gave Griffin deep satisfaction.